You're listening to the Joy and Peace Podcast for Catholic Singles. The podcast aims to inspire you to enjoy your season of singleness as you prepare for marital happiness. And now your host, Shana Sino. Hi, this is Shana Sino. Thank you for joining us at the Joy and Peace Podcast for Catholic Singles. I have a quick question for you. Is writing a book in your bucket list? If the answer is yes, I have a gift for you. I've written an ebook called Why You Need to Write a Book, and I'd like to give it to you for free. In this ebook, you will discover the biggest rewards of becoming an author, how to succeed as an author, and the 10 compelling reasons why you need to write a book. You can download it for free, just go to theauthorsvoice.net slash book. Again, that's theauthorsvoice.net slash book. We'll also put the link in the show notes. Alright, enjoy the podcast! Hi, this is Shansino, your host for the Joy and Peace podcast. And today we have another guest who is from the U.S. He helps support autism services in the USA as a behavior technician. He finds himself in a unique role in his work and in the Catholic Church, as a man with autism, examining the meaning of authentic Catholic masculinity. He is currently single, based in Texas, USA, and he is an applied behavior analysis therapist. So let's all welcome to the Joy and Peace podcast, Andrew Bennett. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Sha. So, Andrew, thank you for saying yes to this interview. We're happy to have you. I'm thrilled to be here. So we have a really interesting topic today. We'll talk about a look at Catholic masculinity on the autism spectrum. But before that, I want to ask you, Andrew, what are you most grateful right now in your current relationship status? Well, uh, being single is definitely sometimes a cross to bear. I can certainly attest to that. Um, However, pretty much every one of those crosses that we have is also paired with an upside and some blessings that you can find in that. And Certainly a lot of my own is probably a pretty cliched answer that a lot of people give is, yeah, you work on yourself and work on your relationship with God when you're single. But really, I think it goes deeper than that. I remember hearing a comedy routine by a local comedian here in America called Michael Jr. So he said he met this girl and she said that he was she was dating Jesus. So she wouldn't go out with him at the time. And then a few months passed by and she called him up and said, hey, ready to go out now. He's like, did you break up with Jesus? What's wrong? <laughs> so it was meant as a comedy joke, but there's actually a deeper point to that. Uh, Jesus is not a backup for a relationship. And Jesus isn't somebody that you, as soon as you, you fall in love with him when you're single, but then you fall out of love with him when you find the one. It's not all of a sudden you dump Jesus. Um you have to get your relationship with Jesus solid and dependable first to the point where you can keep it going once you have a girl or a boy in the mix as well. And yeah, people wait for relationships because they're looking for God, first of all, because well, obviously, well, God is the one that's going to satisfy our longings more than a relationship ever will. And we shouldn't be looking to that to uh, be a replacement for God. And God also, in, in the contrary, God's not an alternative to a relationship. But um, singleness, though, does give me the chance to put my relationship with God into that proper context. First of all, starting out, um, getting that uh, squared away and 
believe me, though, having a solid relationship with Jesus is very difficult and time consuming, not to mention with work and casual life on the side, it does take a lot. Uh, um, however, I am certainly grateful for the chance to be on my own, learn to take care of myself, learn to know who I am in a way that being with somebody else wouldn't allow me the time or the opportunity would. Um, of course, if you are dating somebody, you sure learn a lot of things about yourself you might not have learned when you were single. Uh, I think that you have to know yourself first in order to be able to truly deeply know another. Um, and if you're trying to find your identity in another person, you're gonna miserably fail. And believe me, that's happened a few times. And hopefully now I'm on the right path where I'm doing it the right way. Nice, very well said. Thank you, Andrew. So Andrew, our topic is quite interesting. I think this is the first time we're tackling this topic on autism. So what are some of the truths, myths, and misconceptions about what autism is? Well, it's definitely important to talk about what exactly is it, because I get a varying degree of responses to the question. Um, and some people, some people figured it out. Some people were like, no way, there's no way you can be, on, have autism, or you don't look like you're on autism. Like, what does it look like to you? What do you think it looks like? So it's important for us to understand what is it actually, what does it mean? How does it impact your life, potentially in some ways that make it strength in some ways that may present more of a struggle, may present more of a cross. So the things that are definitely true about autism are that it is a spectrum condition. So we say autism spectrum because it never quite looks the same from person to person, although there are typically five specific qualities according to the DSM. Uh, so it would be deficits in social communication and interaction, which might be more difficult for them than for other people. They might have restricted or repetitive patterns of behavior where they like certain things a lot. Like they can talk about them all day. I have quite a few of those. Um, everybody has them though. And for, just for us, it might be more intense or more specific. Um, being rigid with routines or rituals where um, particularly in the movie uh, Rain Man, and I'll get more into that too, like the character Rain, in Rain Man, uh, Raymond Babbitt, uh, he had to watch Jeopardy at a specific time. He had to watch Judge Wapner at a certain time or he would really get upset. That was obviously an extreme example, but we all like to have our routines, so it's not totally a foreign uh, concept. But. And like what I said earlier also, there are sometimes very few, but very intense and passionate interests that might seem like you're taken into an extreme. So when I was younger, I was really interested in The Price is Right, um, when Bob Barker was still the host. It was one of the longest running game shows in America and still is, I think. And there's also sometimes a low or high reactivity to or unusual interest in sensory stimuli in the environment. So music or sounds. Like if I hear a song on the radio when I'm in a grocery store that I recognize, it will be difficult for me to focus on anything else because I'm thinking about it to myself, maybe air guitaring a couple things here and there if it's a pretty nice song or singing it to myself. Uh, and also if sounds happen really out of the blue, they might shock me, like jar me like this. And But again, I think most people, if they heard a fire alarm, they would, just, they would cover the ears of like, ah, no. <laughs> so I don't think that any of those are particularly 
abnormal or unusual. They're just mm -hmm. turned up to a higher degree. We've all got something. So, yep. so it's to some degree a misconception that autism is disordered or different or unique. I mean, or there are certainly things about it that might seem disordered to the general population, but really it, for the most part, it's just typical human traits that can be exaggerated or it's also partially true that autism is hereditary. We think so, um, but we're not sure yet. And that it's based in neurological differences in the brain. That's why there's actually a term called neurodiversity where we're framing it as we're just, our brain's just different. It's not better or worse than anybody else's. There are some things that are false in understood in popular society. So going back to the example of the movie Rain Man, that was awesome for bringing awareness of autism to the general population. However, not every person with autism is a savant, which meant, so in, in the movie, he was able to remember numbers from memory, count 500 minus 10 matchsticks, and count cards in Vegas, so he was able to make almost six figures so that he could pay off his brother's debt. Mm -hmm. And but it's also not true that all people with autism have intellectual disability. Um, in fact, sometimes they can be very intelligent, particularly if they're savants, where they're extraordinarily intelligent, but may have no social skills whatsoever or very little. Um, 20 years ago or so, it was commonly perceived that people with autism couldn't hold down jobs or live independently or couldn't have successful or healthy relationships and don't have visions, dreams or emotions. And unfortunately, that was the prevailing view when I was growing up. And so it did leave its mark upon me. And I'm, I'm catching up to the curve, but I've got, I feel like I've got a long way to go still. But <laughs> it's not a disease. It's not mm -hmm. something wrong with us. It's not yeah. like a birth defect. It can make mm -hmm. something harder. But ultimately, if you look at it the right way, it can be a blessing. Not that that's an easy thing to do on tough days. But. Yeah, indeed. So what are some of the advantages and challenges that men with autism face in living out their vocation and role as Catholic men? Sir, you touched upon the money questions, uh, Shah. I don't believe anybody is talking about this as far as I've researched when I was preparing for this. Um, and it should be talked about more because if you look at how this is going to intersect with society as a whole, there are more adults with autism that are growing and maturing and becoming fully-fledged individuals thanks to all of the better quality support that people are getting and getting to the point where a lot of these individuals may get the chance to enjoy the experience of a relationship. It's not as common as in the general population, and, but it is certainly not just a possibility, it's a reality for some people. And so we have to think about what that would look like in a person like myself. And I've had to do a lot of thinking to, as I've been going through my season of singleness, which has been a really long one for pretty much my whole, for really my whole life. So I'm used to that, but I've just not been looking inside me to see exactly what it is that I would need and want. However, I feel like I've come in, I'm coming a lot closer through time experience and learning the hard way. So. I've learned that I can be very loyal to people that I care about. And because we can be very intensely and passionately interested in certain things, potentially even people, it can mean that we might do anything really and go beyond, above and beyond to ensure that the person that we love is happy. And it enhances the 
commonly understood role as protector and the sacrificial love that uh, Christ had for his church in which men are called to. My dad definitely demonstrate that because he was able to provide financially for me, which is another topic too, but also he pretty much would do anything to ensure that I got what he felt that I deserved. And so particularly when you look at the work of Temple Grandin, the most famous person with autism in the world, she talks a lot about special interests that we have. You know, don't just look at that special interest and think it's cute. Ha <laughs> ha, let's make it a let's make it a comedy act <laughs> or something. It could be a comedy act, that's even possible. So what if you take that person's special interest and you make that their job? They're gonna be thrilled. Like that's your dream job. So it's if you're able to find a job that you absolutely love and that can make you a living wage, then that gives you the opportunity to be a financial provider, which is at least one of the more culturally understood roles for men in Catholic Church and to some degree in greater society. So I actually, one of my biggest special interests is cooking and food from around the world. Right now I've cooked, I think, from 105, 106 countries. It's been a few weeks since I checked. but So I actually have a friend and colleague who's interested in opening a restaurant and we'd really like to collaborate together. And mm -hmm. also because I operate really well in more concrete, rule-based environment, like a lot of us do. ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, is a science of behavior. So those rules and laws just come naturally to me. So it makes me talented in that respect at my job. Um, of course, there are other challenges as well. So now for some of the difficulties, and some of this is cultural, and some mm -hmm. of this is, there's some more work that we need to do potentially on our end. And sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference. And that's what I'm still thinking about. So I really got thinking about this question when I realized there is a really low employment rate and low wages for those who are employed. Um, in, in fact, uh, in 20, 2009, which is relatively old nowadays by research standards, but it's the closest one we have, 10-year longitudinal study showed 32.5% of young adults with autism that were being studied at the time were in paid work and 59% with the general population of people with various types of disabilities or conditions. So they're even on the lower end of that. And so when you're expecting men to make money, provide for families, and you're running up against this barrier, where do we give like something has to give here either we have to be better preparing men for that type of vocation by helping them to get jobs or we may have to look at the provider role in a slightly different way um, it may be that the financial side isn't as important as other aspects of a man's providing for his family um, I personally would really like to provide for my kids emotionally and to prepare them for the important tasks of being successful in their lives. Even if I don't make a lot of money, I feel like that's an essential part, component of being a good parent. And yeah, I may not be able to do it all myself, but that's why God gave us women <laughs> to do the other parts of it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to make excuses for myself either. Um, 
And I want to be able to make as much money as I can and have the best vocation I can too. At some point though, I think we have to realize we can't do it all. Mm -hmm. Yep. There's also a high incidence of mental health conditions. And mm -hmm. there's also a stigma against men seeking help and showing emotions and being vulnerable. And it's pretty commonly known in society that that's a, a stereotype or a need for further development. Um, but it's just more difficult when it might be more common for these conditions to occur in people with autism because maybe they're having a more difficulty in life or people make fun of them or don't welcome them into society, which makes it harder for them to feel confident and have direction in life, which is another important aspect of, well, at least culturally, it's understood that that's an important aspect of masculinity. And so, it's also tying back into it's diff there can be some difficulty getting along with other people, understanding, utilizing interpersonal skills like negotiation, conflict resolution, compromise, active listening. I didn't really learn those in most any environment that I grew up in. And in fact, at the time, people, people in the medical field had considered that I was incapable of learning them. And I, I was devastated when I found that out because it certainly set me back a while. Now I want to learn them all and I find myself trying to make up for lost time and like I want to I want to learn all of these things. And it's it it's definitely a mountain to climb sometimes, but I've also learned that pretty much everybody is dealing with these things. Everybody's dealing with thoughts about themselves and not feeling up to a standard and struggling with feeling satisfied in their lives and in their careers and how to talk to that annoying person in the cubicle. And, you know, again, it may seem like we're struggling with it more than others, but everybody's struggling with it. Yep. Thank you, Andrew, for that very comprehensive um, sharing. And I really appreciate your honesty as well and your authenticity. So what were some of the barriers that you've experienced to... Uh, what were some of the barriers that you experienced and how did you succeed or how did you overcome them? Um, this is as regards relationships. Mm -hmm. So there are definitely some barriers that I faced throughout my life in forming good and healthy godly relationships that I, I find myself having to learn the hard way over and over again. And as I grow to be more socially and emotionally aware, I get more tools to cope with them. So, you know, Sha, it's a quite often stereotype that fantasizing or daydreaming about the future and thinking about the other person all the time. People say that's a women's thing. I don't, it may or may not be completely true. However, men deal with it too, right? <laughs> uh, and for people with autism, that it may be easier for them to think obsessively about things or people that can be more prevalent in some occasions. I found that be a pattern with myself in the past and I'm doing everything I can to curb it and have a healthier view of relationships in general and to be able to compartmentalize the rest of my life with a future romantic prospect. And so it certainly is important to understand yourself and have things that you call your own. So. Yeah. My interest in working in a restaurant and 
of being around food as well as my job as a behavior analyst. And I even have a cooking show that I've been recording episodes of uh, for YouTube. Mm -hmm. So these are my own personal passion projects that give me my own identity so that I don't feel that I need to seek that out in another person, but also finding that identity in God and embracing that he is, he is the one that gives me the strength and uniqueness and identity and the, uh, and the encouragement and, and the self-worth that we need. So I found that the interpersonal growth and development just was not there when I was younger. Um, mm -hmm. I found that out that I, it wasn't easy for me to be vulnerable or to take the other person's perspective or to really show genuine interest in another person for a long period of time. And I've come a tremendously long way. I think you have to do it with practice. Um, and so I've gotten to the point where those are easier for me on tough days, they're still really tough, typical. But, mm -hmm. um, so to review the point about the other person that when you're in a relationship might fill holes that are in your life still, and particularly is difficult when the other person is giving you things that you're looking for and that you feel that you're lacking, and maybe other things in your life don't, it would feel logical to spend your time with them and talk to them pretty often and mm -hmm. it's difficult when you get to that point where you find that happiness in another person to realize that that's transitory and that there's a greater happiness that you find in God and in being who you are yourself yep. so I, fi I find that I've overcome that same way is is that wow <clears throat> mm -hmm. and, and that is so important so it's yeah, it's difficult sometimes to look past the surface feelings and the high that you get when you're with somebody uh, that, that you care about tremendously. Um, pretty much anybody that's been in a relationship can get this. Like when you have a really wonderful date with somebody or you get to, you get to call them late at night or do something super nice for you, don't you feel great? Of right? course you do. Right. <laughs> Well, hopefully, if you hopefully do, if you didn't, then why would you be dating them in the first place? So right. it's harder to look deeper and realize that there's a purpose beneath that. So, and, you know, if you don't understand why you're in a relationship, then no how is going to work for you. But uh, the corollary to that is uh, Nietzsche's quote that he was why in his life can bear with almost any how. So once you know why you're in a relationship, you know that you're in it hopefully for the right reasons. I heard a song recently by a rock band called Wet. It was called Got To Be About Love. And this transformed the way that I viewed relationships, honestly. The opening line was, you're not in it for the pleasure, no way in hell you'll stand the pain. And the way that I led that line was, nobody wants a relationship based on pleasure of any kind. Because mm -hmm. as soon as some kind of pain occurs, which is inevitable, then you'd want to get out of it because <laughs> this is what you signed up for. It's like, this, was this in the fine print? No, nobody ever tells you about the hard times. They just say, I love to be in love. It's great. So, but the chorus emphasizes a relationship has got to be about love, trust, getting mm -hmm. through hard times, faith and hope. Otherwise you never want to get through the hard times at all. You don't want to go through the valleys to get to the mountains. 
if you didn't realize the mountains were there or that they were worth climbing. It's not a Christian song, but it sure has a lot to say about God's claim for love and more so than a lot of Christian songs do. <laughs> right. Thank you for sharing that. I liked what you said about you have to know the why um, because I believe it's so important to know why you're doing certain things. I remember the book of Simon Sinek, Start With Why. It's always um, in, in relationships and also in business, it is, it is important to know the reason why you're doing it first and then the how. Then if, 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 you're, if your why is big enough and deep enough, then the how will follow it's easier to find the how. Uh-huh. So thank you for that, Andrew. What can the Catholic Church do to support the autistic population and give them the skills to be successful in their roles? In your opinion? Well, it's a very important question and one there a lot of the work has to be done. And so I think for me, the things that, I've won for a long time, the things that have helped me so far. Uh, good access to quality friend groups uh, that are strong in these areas of interpersonal relationships and can really be helpful uh, and be patient listeners and are able to make a relationship two-way as well. So they're able to involve you in the conversation. So it's not just somebody's just trying to help me out and that's a one-sided relationship. Um, it's important for it to be two-sided. But accountability partners and relationships are important. That's only been recently that I've been able to get one, uh, particularly right now while I'm working through the book Dating Detox by Kevin and Lisa Cotter. That was my Lenten exercise. I figured mm-hmm. it's 40 days long. Lent is 40 days. Aha! I got what is that? You'll have to have 40 dates? It is... <laughs> Me having 40 dates? No, <laughs> that's never happened. So, sorry, mm-hmm. 40 days. It's a 40-day journey uh, through different areas of understanding what relationships are and certain attitudes or past behaviors or current behaviors you might be engaging in that are making this difficult for you. And I see. 40 the days, all right. <laughs> It's like a dating, it's a detox. They call it dating detox. Like ever done a juice cleanse? It's the same thing, but for your love life. So, um, and we also want to, we also want to push for better access to counseling and mental health services to help build those skills where there uh, might be not as strong or where people need a little bit of extra support that particularly when friends can't provide that. Or I certainly noticed that uh, anxiety and it improves from being more confident in myself and being more sensitive to the other person and learning to be more assertive. And those are certainly things that counseling is helping with. As in addition to healing some areas of my life that are wounded and are in need of repair before I'm really ready for a relationship. So I'm in that stage of repair. <laughs> you know, actually, John Mayer wrote this into a song too, where he said, I'm in repair. Uh, I'm not quite there, but I'm getting there. Something along that lines nice. of that. Mm-hmm. But work in progress. You can be a work in progress and a masterpiece simultaneously. But right. <laughs> uh, I think that interpersonal, social, and life skills need to be modeled in the home and in real life explicitly. This increases a person's success in friendships and intimate relationships in the future. 
So that can be acts of love. How do you show love for somebody? How do you argue well? How do you fight well? <laughs> how do you apologize well? Um, and how do you negotiate when you're not really seeing things the same way, but you want to get to a point of resolution? Um, it's also important for parents to let go a little bit, um, push for more independence and initiative. Um, the more that a, the child learns to think for himself and be himself rather than an extension of his parents, his or her parents really, uh, it'll help them to be their own person so that they don't feel that they need another person uh, in an unhealthy sense. So. If you don't totally know who you are, then you'll lose yourself and your partner and it'll be codependent. <laughs> yep. And so employment support's also helpful. Uh, uh, there are religious or secular employment training programs uh, in a lot of places in the United States and probably abroad too. So there's one called Work Faith that operates in I think a lot of places besides Houston, but they have branches here. And they work with people who've never had jobs before, have been out for a long time, they're widows, so they never had to work, and now their husbands are dead, so they're back in the workforce, or, or they have a criminal record, and so they're finding it hard to find a job. Or for me, where I, I need a little bit of support um, in either finding jobs and job search, or maybe in the workplace. So once they get that, then there'll, there'll be enough financial security for them to support a family and or themselves. Um, and lastly, and really a reason I emphasize manhood is because autism disproportionately affects men, at least in the way it's diagnosed. But it's very important that we recontextualize or look at how can a man with autism be a man. Um, we don't want, I absolutely don't want to be boxed into a box too much. I think that there are certain things that set men and women apart. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so just because there's a spectrum of gender doesn't mean that there's no differences at all between men and women, but it also doesn't mean that there, it doesn't mean that men must be blank, 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 exactly this long, gigantic list of stuff either. So we have to look at it in that particular context because we don't want to say that the financial status and that I proxy somebody's disability or condi or intellectual condition or developmental dis developmental condition is going to make them unfit for marriage because that's really doing people a disservice. And for men, it's really emasculating, so. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Thank you for being so vulnerable and authentic. Uh, there are a lot of points that you pointed out, which I think are really important, for example, you have to know how to be independent and be your own person so you don't be a, become a codependent and get your validation and value from other people. And also, I, I, I like what you said about fighting well and arguing well. I think um, that is so important. Conflicts in a relationship are inevitable. So it's a, matter of, it's a matter of not avoiding the conflict, but it's a matter of how do you fight well and how do you argue well. So, um, Andrew, I learned a lot from this interview. I know that you, you have a lot to offer. Um, I, I can sense your deepness as a person as well. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners right now would be interested to know more about what you have to say or maybe they want to check out your 
your YouTube cooking show as well. So if people would like to get to know uh, more about you or maybe they want to connect with you, how can they reach you? Okay, so if you want to watch my cooking show, there are a few episodes of it up on YouTube under the channel Spectrum Fusion. I worked with the staff at Spectrum Fusion, a neurodiversity empowerment organization here in Houston, Texas. Um, and so I had videographers there to capture me in the kitchen and edit and then upload it to YouTube. And so I've cooked three dishes so far. And I think we're going to get another one up. Um, it was a three-way collab. Um, and so that's being worked on currently. So go to the YouTube channel Spectrum Fusion and look for Healthy Fusion. I also put a subtitle in for my own name called The Dude in the Mood for Food. Nice. So and if you have the link, uh, we'll also put the link in the description. If you can share with me the link again, Andrew, and then my team will put it in the description of this podcast. If people would like to reach you via email, can they email you as well? Um, yes, they could. Um, I will absolutely uh, put that in the show description as well. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew. And I really appreciate you sharing your time and your insights with us through this podcast interview. More power to you and God bless you. Terry, oh, thank you so much uh, to Sha. God bless you, and I really appreciate the opportunity to get to uh, speak with you. You're welcome. God bless. All right. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Just a disclaimer, the views of the host and the guests in his podcast should not be construed as experts' advice, but as their personal insights and opinions. Thank you for listening to the Joy and Peace podcast for Catholic singles. Follow and DM us on Instagram at Joy and Peace Podcast or email us at joyandpeacepodcast at gmail.com. See you on our next episode.